Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Thank you for taking time to join us as we take time to learn from God's Word together. The message you are about to hear comes from the Cape Elizabeth Church of the Nazarene in Cape Elizabeth, Maine. Listen to more sermons or learn more about the church at our website, capenazarene.org. Good morning. You're, you're doing this, praying your way to Pentecost. That's awesome. That's awesome. Praying your pay, way to Pentecost. We, we have the, the season, the church season, the church calendar, and we, we pay attention to Advent, getting ready for Jesus' birth, right? We pay attention to that. And, and we prepare and we get our minds into that, and we sometimes do an Advent meditation or something like that. We, we get ready for Jesus' birth. And then for Easter, we, we start at Ash Wednesday, and we, we try and get our mind into all that Easter means to us. Uh, it's really cool, not, not everyone's doing this, um, that you're praying your way towards Pentecost. That's, that's an awesome thing. So I, I, I really encourage you to, to pick up one of these. Um, today, we're, we're going to talk about a few things. And first of all, thank you for having me back. I'm not here to talk about the Transformation Project today, uh, although I love to talk about that and be glad to talk about that later, if you like. Um, and we are still helping folks coming out of prison or jail, uh, people who want to end the cycle of addiction, uh, homelessness, incarceration. Uh, that's what we do at the Transformation Project. Um, and, and thank you for having me back. But today... Um, uh, I'm here on behalf of, of Pastor Tim George, who, as you heard, has, has COVID. Um, and, you know, he had planned uh, to speak today about prayer um, and this praying your way towards Pentecost. Um, and, I, you know, he would be here. Uh, he, I think he's feeling pretty well. It's just he wants to protect you folks. So... I just like to talk about this. Um, sometimes you gotta land someplace, and we're landing. Uh, excuse me. We're landing at Pentecost. Um, the author Stephen Covey said, "Begin with the end in mind." He wrote this book called "The Seven Habits of Highly Effective uh, People." I'm not very effective, so I, I forgot most of it, but I remember that one. Um, and, 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 and begin with the end in mind. And, and so if we we're ending at Pentecost, um, let, let's start thinking about Pentecost. And, and what is Pentecost? Uh, some call it the birthday of the church. Jesus said this. Uh, and, and whenever Jesus says something in the Bible, uh, my ears perk up, right? This is Jesus. In Acts 1.8, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses to Ju- uh, in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Sometimes I like to, to uh, personalize that a little bit. So for to us today, we, we might read it as, the whole, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, um, you'll be my witnesses in Cape Elizabeth, in greater Portland, southern Maine, and even Aroostook County. Um, 
you know, um, that's big. Um, and there's a word there in the middle of that that says, you'll receive power. Power. So Jesus is expecting something big for us. And probably so should we. This is the rest of the story. So often Christians stop with God, um, Jesus, their salvation, but they don't go a whole lot deeper into digging into faith. We, we, we sometimes get stuck. Jesus said you're going to receive power. Jesus made a big deal out of it. We should too. Just saying. So, I'm taking systematic theology. You heard Fred say that uh, I'm, I'm a licensed local minister in, in our Church of the Nazarene, and I'm taking systematic theology as one of my courses. And this example about the Holy Spirit that I'm about to give wouldn't get high marks in my theology class. I will tell you that right up front, but it makes a point. And if you were building a really good sandwich and you had great bread, like you, you've gone down to standard baking and you got some really great bread and and you got the awesome fillings, you know, I don't know whether you like corned beef or smoked salmon, whatever floats your boat, the, the best burger, if you're vegetarian, the best uh, vegetarian burger, whatever it is, and, and you got all of that stuff, but that is good, but you're missing something, Right? It needs secret sauce. Now, I don't know what your favorite secret sauce is. It might be chipotle mayo. It might be homemade pesto. Um, I don't know what your favorite is. Everyone's, we've got a favorite sauce, right? You've got to get this, your secret sauce. Well, the secret sauce for our Christian sandwich is the Holy Spirit, right? It, it's about... Now, I, I, now I, I want to, if, if um, my instructor ever looks at this on, on, uh, online later, I apologize where, wherever the, the, uh, that is, uh, and I apologize to other folks. This is not a perfect example of the Trinity and how we explain the Trinity, but our focus today is, is about we're going to land at the Holy Spirit. We're going to land at Pentecost. We've got to remember we can't leave out the secret sauce. And, and we can't. We just can't. We can't leave that out. The Holy Spirit is where we're headed in our pathway. Our pathway, our journey is about prayer. So I'd like to tell you three stories, uh, but I promise they won't be long stories because I can't talk to you about sandwiches, secret sauce, and lunch, and then go into long stories, right? So I, I won't do that to you. Um, the first story uh, is about when I went from being an agnostic, and that's a person who says that they, there's no way to know whether God exists um, or, or, or exists or doesn't exist. It's unknowable. To a person who believes in God, and when I did that, I, I got to a place where I was tired of saying, who knows? I don't know. Does anyone know? We don't know. I was tired of saying, who knows, to one of the most important questions you can ask. Is God real? They said pray. Back to prayer. I wondered, how do I pray? And when I don't know who I'm praying to or, or what I'm praying to, and they just said pray. And I did. I prayed to the ceiling. I, I prayed to the wall. 
All I could see was what was right in front of me. I couldn't see anything beyond the, the inside of the room I was in. I said, this is stupid. My journey to Christianity didn't come easy. I got to tell you that. They said, keep praying. And I did. And eventually, there were just too many coincidences. One coincidence after another coincidence. Where I was praying about things that were going, they were going this way. And then they went this way. Something changed. That happened. It happened over and over and over again. And I'm an engineer, right? I'm a numbers guy. I'm a guy who, who I want the statistics. And so when you start getting too many coincidences, you start to think they're not coincidences. Some people call them God incidences. So the math got crazy. There are too many coincidences. And I knew, I knew someone was listening. Someone was listening. You might have heard of the push formula before. It's pray until something happens. Pray until something happens. This was my first major experience with pray until something happens. The second story um, uh, is about a study I did with a small group at the church. And uh, I committed to the doing the study. I, I, I dug in. I did the morning readings. And, and, and each morning I did the readings. I did the praying. Um, I gave myself to going deep in prayer. And I really hadn't done this before. Like really deep. In prayer, every morning, absolutely faithfully, and I gave myself over to it and, and let God do with me as he will. Uh, the study was uh, by a guy by the name of Maxie Dunham, who is, is a, a great, great man and a well-respected Christian. Uh, if you want to look it up, it's called Living Prayer. Um, I, I recommend that if you want to get extra bonus points, I don't know if you award church bonus points here, but... Um, I'm only kidding about church bonus points. Um, but if you, if you really want to dig into this whole prayer thing, Maxie Dunham has a great way of leading you through this, this time of setting time aside by yourself and just talking to the creator of the universe. It was a rhythm of, of going deep, um, into prayer every day for an extended period of time. This was my private time, my private prayer time. And I was doing this, and I was doing my readings, and I was praying, and then it happened. And, and the weird thing was, I was just saying the Lord's Prayer. I mean, we've all said the Lord's Prayer over and over and over. And we're going to say it in a little while. And I had a profound experience of the Holy Spirit. I can't explain it to you. Um, it was my Aldersgate 
It's a guy by the name of Wesley, some of you might be familiar with, that we trace our roots back to as, as Nazarenes. And um, he had this experience at Aldersgate where he felt strangely warm. I, I didn't feel warm, but like something happened. So I said, you may have heard about this formula of push. Pray until something happens. This was my second major experience of pray until something happens. The third story is about a place, sort of, kind of. And the place is called, that's easy for me to say, Gethsemane. And you you know about Gethsemane, right? Uh, Where Jesus prayed right before he was crucified. So Jesus does a master class in prayer. You've heard a master class, you know, you can go online and do a master class and you learn how to cook from a great chef. You can learn how to race cars from a great car racer. You can learn how to uh, do finance from Fred. You can, you know, you can, you can learn from all kinds of great people who know how to do stuff and they do these master classes. Well, in Gethsemane, Jesus does a master class for us on prayer. Um, let's take a look at Matthew 26. And uh, look at this. There it is, right there, right up on the screen. And uh, thank you, guys. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. He said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Right? You know what the cup is, right? The cup that he has to drink is the crucifixion. He's going to the cross. Right? Even though he's Jesus, even though he knows what he's got to do, even though he knows he has to walk, walk a hard road, he's saying, God, please take this away from me. Father, take this away from me. Jesus is, Jesus is struggling, right? Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh, the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed a third time, saying the same thing. He returned and the disciples said to them, and he said to them, "Uh, you are still sleeping and resting. Look, the hour has come. The son of man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. 
All right. So Jesus is the guy who healed the sick, right? People walked, people got restored, people got sight back. He raised the dead. Um, this is the guy who his fa- he just talked to his father, and it was done. It was done. This guy, this Jesus, was showing us what it's like to struggle, right? He struggled in the garden. He prayed three times. I think that's pretty significant when we talk about this Jesus guy had to pray three times. What what does that mean? I think it's a great example. I think it teaches us. I think that that passage preaches all on its own. So how does it end? So Jesus asks, this cup to be taken away from him and it ends by his father saying okay Jesus uh, you don't have to go to the cross you can skip the whole crucifixion thing you're good (laughs) all right so there's a few giggles and and that no you know that's not how it ends right that's not what happens so Jesus gets conformed to his father's will Jesus gets conformed to his father's will In the end, Jesus gets to a place that is, it's not my will, but it's my Father's will. Right? Jesus has shown us how to go all in. And this is hard right here. Even when the answer to our prayer is that God says, I'm not going to change the situation. I'm going to change you. I'm going to change you. We don't like hearing that, that, that answer to prayer, right? We, do, we don't want to hear God say, I'm going to change you. This is a master class in prayer and obedience, right? It's obedience. It's about praying. It's about listening and obedience, So Nazarenes have this weird term. It's called entire sanctification. Sometimes we talk about it, not very often. But the term is confusing. I will tell you, but it's a good idea. What helped me was one of these uh, Nazarene books, we're calling it a second crisis of faith. The first crisis of faith comes when we come to faith and, and we accept that Jesus, the Jesus who died on the cross, has reconciled us to God. That's our first crisis of faith where we are coming to faith. The second crisis of faith is really about a commitment followed up by working out that commitment. It's a two-part thing, this entire sanctification thing. It's a commitment to going all in with Jesus. It's a commitment then following that up. So let's go back to Jesus, and this is where we're about to get real here. Jesus prayed and prayed and prayed. He struggled. He commits. He goes all in. He follows through. 
And then he goes to the cross. That's what going all in looks like. That's what a master class in prayer and obedience looks like. Folks, that's what we're called to. That's what we're called to. When I had my time in Gethsemane, I'm not even going to tell you about my time in Gethsemane and I get choked up, right? When I had my time in Gethsemane, I was ripped up. And I say metaphorically, Gethsemane, where I had to wrestle. I had stuff to set down. I couldn't trust. I wouldn't trust. I was angry. I was upset. How could I trust God? I knew I had to trust him. But it didn't make sense. I kept praying. I want to tell you, I came to a place of peace. That was my third major experience of praying and praying and praying until something happened. Something happened. We're about to go into a time of prayer. I told you I wouldn't go long talking about lunch and all. We're about to go into a time of prayer, but I want to ask a couple questions. I want to ask the question of what do you need to wrestle with? What do you need to pray out right now, right here? Don't let it go a moment longer. What is lingering in your heart that you need to come before your God and deal with? What's been dragging you down for a long time? What's been binding you? What do you need to pray out? Do you need to know that God exists? Do you need to feel God's presence? Do you need to spend time in Gethsemane? Are you ready to pray until something happens? Are you in a place where you're ready to go all in and trust him like Jesus did and then walk it out? And we remember for Jesus, walking it out meant he went to the cross. I'm going to pray for us right now and, and, and then after that have a little bit of time of silence and, and we'll break that with the Lord's Prayer. And if you're not familiar with praying the Lord's Prayer, um, it, it's right in the bulletin if you have a bulletin in front of you um, so we don't get tripped over who prays sins and who prays trespasses and so forth. It's, it's right here. Um, but I, I want to encourage you to spend that time of silence coming before your God. Doing some business. He wants you. He loves you. He's here for you. I have a hunch that you have some business to do with your God this morning. 
at the end of the service, um, I'll be up front and I'll be glad to pray with you. Anyone who wants to be prayed for, I'm glad to pray for you, with you. Um, Let's take a moment and come before our God. Let's pray. Oh God, I pray for us this morning, for each of us, no matter where we are. If we're at the beginning of our faith journey, God, and we're just trying to understand that you're real and we can talk to you, God, I pray for each person who's here today or is online who who sees this message and is struggling with trusting you, God. And I pray, God, that they're able to pray until something happens, until they know, until they know that you are who you say you are. You are the God of the universe. You are our creator. You love us. And God, we, we ask for people who are not yet at the threshold, not yet at the, 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 the line of faith where we cross over into a world where we live our lives, acknowledging your son, Jesus, as the Christ, the Messiah, our Redeemer, our salvation, who reconciles us to you, God. We, we pray for each person who's in a place today where they're ready. They're ready. Each of you who's ready, God, God, I pray that we pray for you. I pray for each person who is ready. Please fill them with your Holy Spirit, God. God, I pray for the people who need to feel your presence, who need to know that you are real. God, I pray for that. I pray for that moment where people will know that you are real. God, I pray for the people who need to come to their moment of Gethsemane and finally set down those things that have been carried for so, so long. The things that might be more recent but are so hurtful. God, I pray for all of us who have to have our time in Gethsemane. That after we pray and we come to you, that you would have mercy on us. And we would know peace. God, we pray for all this morning who are coming to you in their individual places, setting down what we all need to set down, whatever it is, at the foot of your cross. And God, now we'll just take a few moments of of quiet time for us to each pray and talk to you about whatever is on our heart.
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this sermon podcast. We hope that the message has inspired you to draw closer to God each day. May God bless you as you serve him today.